have the solution for the New York Jets, and it involves some legends. You know what happened yesterday. Achilles tendon snaps on the old man Aaron Rodgers. He is out, but I, ladies and gentlemen, I have the solution, and I think you're going to agree with me. Let's go. Don't at me starts right now. Hey, good morning this morning. This is the Don't Do Heroin edition of Don't At Me. I'll explain. I took some major sedatives to have oral surgery yesterday. We'll get into that. But the New York football Jets, boy, did the day start out great, did it not? All day fanfare. Aaron Rodgers is with us. Aaron Rodgers is back. And then Aaron Rodgers is taking the United States of America, Betsy Ross flag, And he's running out there in the nation's, the nation's centerpiece on 9-11. All of America is watching. And it's dramatic. It's cool as hell. It's New York. It's 9-11. It's the new sheriff in town. He's got the American flag. We've been talking about this literally since the end of last year. And then it happened. Things that happen to old men when they try to play sports. Think about your buddy that tried to play basketball at 40. Maybe your friend playing pickleball. Maybe tennis. Oh, snap. What did you hear? You heard the Achilles, and the Achilles went, and the old man was down four plays into it, and everything we've talked about, gone. So, the New York football Jets, everybody thinks, back to square one, but I digress. I don't think so. You saw a resilient, tough team yesterday. You saw a team that had some fight in it. You saw a quarterback in Zach Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, that may have learned from getting humbled. Oh, how could that happen? Everybody learns from getting humbled, and Zach Wilson might have learned. I thought Zach Wilson was pretty good. He was 14-21, a touchdown, an early pick, 140-some yards. You know what else you saw? You saw that Josh freaking Allen may not be as good as advertised. You saw that Josh freaking Allen may not be the man. You saw that Josh freaking Allen may be good enough to get you here, which might be good enough to get McDermott fired. You know, we talk about it all the time. Good enough to get you fired. That ain't good. A.J. Guyton, Indiana basketball. Good enough to get you fired. You see it all the time. Paul George in basketball, good enough to get you fired. We see it all of the time. So now, if you're the Jets, what do you do? I'm going to tell you what I do. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to do this. I'm reaching out to Tom Brady. I've already done it. The second that Aaron Rodgers went down, my phone went to the air, and I'm calling Tom Brady and seeing if he's interested. I'm not saying he's got to play next week. I'm not saying he's got to play three or four weeks. If I'm not going to do Brady, another call that I may make is to the Colts. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a backup. Zach Wilson is fine. I'll tell you this about Zach Wilson, and y'all can kiss my backside. Zach Wilson can sling the hash. Zach Wilson can fire a football. Zach Wilson just needs to get better at decision-making, that type stuff. But that dude's got a rocket. And Zach Wilson today has got to be sitting up here, cloud nine, for all of the dark, all of the depth. When that kick, when that punt was returned, 
The happiest dude in America was Zach Wilson. He got himself a win because, remember, we do this with quarterbacks. We, you know we do, we give you a one-loss record. And not only did he win, he won in New York, he won under trauma, he won under 9-11, and he beat the team that is expected to win the division. He beat the team that many people for the last two years have said are going to the Super Bowl, and he beat a rival. I didn't think about it. I turned to Lee. I got all kind of stitches here. Yeah, I'm playing hurt, but that's what I do. The motto sack up stays in our family. I turned to Lee. I go, you know, I just realized it's a rival. She goes, yeah, it's a rival, but there's such a difference between New York City and upstate Rochester. It's not even funny, but it's still a rival to NFL teams in New York. So I'm calling Brady. I'm calling Minshew. I'm not worried about some of these others. Jamel Hill wants Kaepernick. That's just laughable. I'm not messing with Phillip Rivers. I'm not messing with Ben Roethlisberger. I'm just not. Maybe Roethlisberger. Maybe. But I'm looking at Minshew, and you can steal anything from the Colts. The Colts general manager, as we have documented on here, is a moron. That's just my take. Send me yours. Go to the YouTube chat and let me know what you think. Or go to Twitter and tell me what you think. All right. I look into my crystal ball and I say, hold on. What's going to happen? Pac-Man Jones is going to get arrested. That's not a stretch. This idiot always gets arrested. So Pac-Man Jones, terrorist threats, drunken disorderly. How about being stupid enough? To cause a disruption, whatever happened, of course, Pac-Man Joe says, get the MF and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You cause a disruption on a plane on 9-11. There's a special place in stupid for Pac-Man Jones. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Pac-Man Jones. Everybody sleep on one banana. You smell me. Dude just asking me right here. Where am I the bingles? Where am I the go throw the ball 190 times per game and don't put Joe up under the center. Guess what? Everybody in the stadium know what we're doing. Don't take a I can sign this piece of Jesus Christ. two seats because I'm going somewhere. And so she's like, well, if you want to move, we got to turn around the plane. I'm like, I don't want you to turn around the plane, but I want to I wanna use the pub because I bought two seats. Turn around the plane. We'll get the body camera. So they called me off the plane. Don't say nothing wrong. They locked me up, and here we are now. They say you're charged with terroristic threat, making yeah, terroristic just, threats. Just, but report the facts. Well, that's why we report the facts and stop reporting the. Really? It's always report the facts. It's always everybody else BS. Pac-Man Jones is an idiot. I mean, let's just say that for what it is. You don't get arrested. You don't get in all these hassles. Never learn a thing. And it's always someone else's fault. And sometimes maybe it is. Report the facts, Pac-Man Jones says. Okay. All right. How about Pac-Man? How about quit being a menace to society? How about quit being a jackass every time we turn around? You cannot swing a dead cat without Pac-Man Jones's dumbass getting in trouble. I'll say it. I know you guys don't want to say it. I'll say it. You can't swing a dead cat without Pac-Man Jones getting in some sort of trouble, 
and then cussing his way out of it. There you go. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Now, I don't know why you would want to swing a dead cat. I'm not sure. I don't know. But if you were going to swing a dead cat, that's what you got. And ladies and gentlemen, he is an idiot. And I actually get a kick out of watching this fool get arrested all the time because it helps his street cred. I watched him at Colts camp, and everybody loved Pac-Man Jones. He'll be on with Pat or on somebody spewing his special kind of stupid. You know what I mean? He'll be on, and every white reporter will go, oh, Pac-Man's so cool. Please. He's an idiot. He's a menace to society. At some point, I always assumed if I get arrested one time, I'm getting locked up. How does this idiot keep getting arrested, and why is he still on the streets? All right, you all are losing your mind. I'm not. Yeah, even even here, even on my rundown, Nick and our staff says this. Shame on you, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook has been blasted over having a never-forget special. I'm not mad at him. I think it's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I know. Look, Clay doesn't like it. I know. I I know you guys are mad about it. I know. And this is the beauty of being on OutKick. Clay can disagree with something that I disagree with. I can disagree with something Clay and Charlie and Chad and Jonathan and everybody else. Because we like thought here. I have no problem with it. In fact, I think it's kind of cool. Yankees, Mets, and Jets all to win on the same day, 9-11. I have absolutely zero problem with it. I'm curious if you all do. In fact, I absolutely um, talked about it with my wife. And my wife said, so what? We worry about the dumbest shit. We worry about just stupid stuff. Honest to God. And by the way, I didn't know Pac-Man Jones went to West Virginia. I had no idea. No, I am. But anyway, I'm not mad about this at all. In fact, I think it's kind of cool. Good for that. Good for DraftKings. I hope they didn't delete it. I really do. I hope they did not delete it. I hope that they stood up and said, this is a pretty cool parlay. It's a New York thing, baby. Nothing wrong with it. We worry about the dumbest stuff. You won't see anybody other than Clay and myself and some others talking about how yesterday Joe Biden lied again. Joe Biden got on stage and lied about where he was on 9-11-2001. You won't see anything about that, but you'll see outrage. Outrage. It's ridiculous. Not mad about it. Jeff Levy, we talked about this yesterday. He's the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Oklahoma won a game. Jeff Levy's... Uh, father-in-law, grandfather to his kids, is Art Bryles. Art Bryles in the court of law did nothing wrong. Art Bryles in the court of heaven, who knows? I'm not the guy that lets you in or lets you out. Public opinion, Art Bryles is a dirtbag. Fine. Art Bryles was on the field for Oklahoma, and this guy, Levy, had to defend having his father-in-law on the field. Here you go. Let's look. My father-in-law, his presence on the field after the game the other night is, is something... Uh, that created a distraction, and I, I do I apologize for that. That was that was not the intent at all. Uh, the intent was just to to celebrate with with my family. Uh, do want to correct 
some reports that uh, that claimed he had a sideline pass. There was not a sideline pass given out. He was actually on the field only when when other families were were down there and were present. Uh, you know, Joe Castiglione, Coach Venables, both have, have uh, addressed concerns with me, have talked to me about it, and and again can can make sure that everybody understands that this is something that that will not come up again. That's so ridiculous. Jeff Levy, you're a pussy. I'm sorry. You know what? You stand up and you say, that's my father-in-law. Uh, guilty until, or innocent until proven guilty. Kiss my ass. That's what you do. That, that's what you do. And you stand up to all the woke little white dudes that are in the uh, fat-ass woke little white dudes that are in the uh, Oklahoma media. And that's what you do. That's what you do. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Then don't look at him. Go somewhere else. But he's my father-in-law. He's there with my kids. He's coming on the field. Jeff Labby, you're a major disappointment. You suck. Let's put it that way. Never give in. Never give in to these folks. And I want to root for Oklahoma, even though their coach has a punchable face, Brett Venables. And now their offensive coordinator's a little batch. And I ain't here for it. Speaking of little batches, Kadarius Toney returned to social media. He returned to social media. He of the hands of stone returned to social media. America's worth football player. America's most horrendous wide receiver. Returned to social media to make fun of. That's right, to make fun of another team. Kadarius Toney is another one of the dumbasses in this United States of America. What a great guy. He could not be worse. He runs away. You know what? And now he comes back to taunt others. I don't mind it. I like it. But man, man, oh man, is he a chicken blank little whatever you want to call him. And I ain't afraid to call him. I ain't afraid to call him. I'll call him names. (laughs) I get on here and I call people names. It's kind of fun. But this dude got on. You see all the little memes, memes, whatever the hell they are there. Uh, it really doesn't matter. Kadarius Tony stinks. Horrible. Can't catch a nosebleed. Wait, no. Can't stop a nosebleed. Can't catch a cold. <laughs> I love Ross Tucker. I think Ross Tucker is really smart. I think Ross Tucker is one of the guys I like having on the show to talk NFL. Doesn't mean I'm mad at Ross Tucker because he said Taysom Hill is one of the greatest football players ever. It just means maybe Ross Tucker looks at the game different than most of us. Let's hear from Ross Tucker. I'm not kidding when I think, and when I tell you, I think he's one of the best football players ever in Taysom Hill. Now, I know he's not a Hall of Famer or any of that. This guy can play quarterback, running back, tight end. He makes tackles on special teams. This guy's like Jim Thorpe. I mean, can can you name any other guy that's ever done all the things that Taysom Hill did? He's like the perfect football player. Hard to argue. Now, will you guys look at numbers. See, Ross Tucker played. Ross Tucker thinks. Ross Tucker watches film. Let's get Ross back on. Because Ross Tucker, to me, and let's play this for him, because I'm sure he's catching hell, but Ross Tucker looks at it a little differently. Numbers don't tell the story of great football players. Jameis Winston has monster numbers. I wouldn't put, consider him a great football player. Taysom Hill plays every position. Back in the day, guys used to play every position. I'll tell you, he's a great football player. Travis Hunter, the wide receiver slash defensive back for uh, Colorado. 
Now, I'm guessing Travis Hunter, if he just played wide receiver, would have better numbers, but the numbers don't matter. Or if he just played defensive back, he'd have better numbers, but the numbers don't matter. He's just a great football player. I understand what he's saying here. I really do, and I'm not mad at him. I'm sure he's catching hell, but whoever he's catching hell from, we ain't paying attention because, look, if you don't catch hell from us, then it ain't worth worrying about. Uh, there's a pitcher named Key Brian Hayes. Key Brian Hayes of the Padres uh, got a bad call. Now, Key Brian Hayes calls for robo-umpires. I want robot umpires, Key Brian Hayes. Well, Key Brian Hayes, uh, I want a 12-inch. Never mind. Never mind. Some umpires really don't care. Three and one call, not close. I told him account. Uh, I hold him accountable after the game, walking off the field. His response is, "I gave you a chance to hit a home run. That tells me you don't care. No accountability. Bring the ABS in, please." All right. All right. Well, there you go. I don't know what that means. Oh, he's a hitter, not a pitcher. I don't even know. I don't even care. So, Key Bryant, you do you, baby. That's it. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking him up, but I don't even care to look him up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Rod, go fight when You're playing the Padres. Your name is Key Bryant, whatever. Your name isn't Sohei Otani or Mike Trout or Barry Bonds or whoever, a great player. Nobody even knows who the hell you are. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from Key Bryant. Good for you, Key Bryant. Yeah, hey, Ra, go fight with. Hey, this I'm interested in. Steph Curry, LeBron James, they want to play for Team USA in the Olympics. Yeah, starting to be a lot of heat on the United States basketball because United States basketball lost in the FIBA World Cup. Well, they did it last time, too, before the Olympics under Popovich, and then the United States won the Olympic gold medal. Look, isn't it sad that you got to go into almost 40-year-old LeBron James, mid-30-year-old Steph Curry to win the gold medal? To win the gold medal, and we can't use all these young great players, the quote great players. Everybody that comes up now is great. That kid Edwards is great. That scored like a million points but ain't never won nothing. Got his coach fired, Tom Crean, at Georgia. Anthony Edwards, he's great. Everybody's great. And yet they can't beat the not-so-great Germans or Serbians or whoever. We got to go into the 30-plus-plus-plus to win Olympic gold. I thought everybody was great. I thought all these young guys, Victor Wembanyama or whatever the hell his name is, the next big thing. Wait, Porzingis was the next big thing. Wait, hold it. Bull Bull was the next big thing. Uh, don't believe any of these guys. The NBA media wants so bad to be a part of the stripper, uh, bottle service, hanging with rappers crowd that everybody's great. (laughs) I still remember Stephen A. Smith walking across the Easter conference final, like he was evaluating and all these dudes not even paying a lick of attention. These guys aren't great. Curry's great. LeBron's great. Those guys are great. What happened to the 20s? Oh, they're great. You ain't never seen nothing like Dame Lillard. Well, the only time I see Dame Lillard is when he's on a commercial. It's a bunch of crap we're getting fed. 
It is. It's a bunch of garbage. I don't want it no more. But I am glad that LeBron, I am glad that Curry want this as a last hurrah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of the NBA, listen to this. The NBA voted on a rule change. That ensures that no team will rest two star players during the same game. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. When you give players power, stupid happens. The NBA under Adam Silver has given players power. Player entitlement. That means they sneak girls in, drink wine, and act like fools. And get tired 10 games in. There's your player entitlement. But now, we can't have two. That's right. We cannot have two players sit in the same game. Because the NBA players are such D-bags that they just get tired. I remember LeBron James came to Indy and sat out game 11. That's not even a high school season. Honest to God, I think we have more talented athletes, dumber in terms of how they play, than we've ever had in our lives. More skilled, softer though, than we've ever had in our lives. And good for the NBA. Good for you. Yay, Ra, go fight, win. Jeez. Come on. Irony of the day, my Serbian brother, Novak Djokovic, well, the game winner at the United States Open, where the United States Open in New York on September 10th decided not to play the national anthem because who knows why. Uh, His shot, on ESPN was called, listen to it, the Moderna shot of the day. Remember, Novak Djokovic could not get into the country because he did not get the Moderna shot. He did not get the vaccine. So Novak Djokovic, see what I did there? Novak's, ironically, gets the Moderna shot of the day. How about that? How about that? Mm. Interesting. You know, the worst president we've ever had, at least in my lifetime, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden continues not to respect anything about America. He's the first president since uh, 2021, 9-11, that did not visit New York. He was on an airstrip lying about where he was on 9-11. He lied. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, blah, Joe Biden said that he remembers standing there. No, he was in Congress with the other Congress folk, and C-SPAN has the video to prove it. But we just go, oh, that's Joe Biden. That's like Greg Doyle, the writer for the Indy Star, pretending to have morals. People in Indy go, oh, he didn't stalk a co-worker. Of course he did. Anyway, <laughs> but he did. Anyway, here's the deal. Joe Biden and his evacuation when he first came in Afghanistan. Listen to this story. This is unbelievable. Marines in Kabul were ordered to pick up human feces and trash at the airport after losing 13 comrades. Doesn't it piss you off, this guy? 
Doesn't it piss you off, this media group that we have now, that just lies and lies and lies and lies and lies for him, that just thinks it's okay that we lost 13 people because this bumbling, stumbling moron in chief? And then you ask Marines to pick up human crap. And you ask Marines, after they've just lost 13 brothers, to pick up trash at the airport. Doesn't it piss you off at all? Doesn't it upset you? You know, some little girl named Nicole Arbaugh, she's a little writer girl, just like all the little writer boys. She works for The Athletic. She's mad at a colleague, Brett McMurphy or whatever the hell his name is, for getting a story wrong. Okay, we're supposed to have journalists, we're, you know, blah, blah, Nicole Arbaugh said. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're so used to the lying of sports journalists, of political journalists. We're so used to the lying and the lying for Joe Biden that we don't even pay attention anymore. We just kind of laugh it off. That's what we do. But can you imagine? You're a Marine. You're a United States Marine. You've gone through more stuff than even Joe Biden has in his lies. And you've just lost 13 comrades dead from a foolish, foolish, foolish mission and a ridiculously set up Michigan and Afghanistan to withdraw and leave all kind of arms. And yet they ask you to pick up human crap. They ask you to pick up feces. They ask you. Can you imagine that even for a minute? But the media just laughs. The media goes along with it. I've never been this upset about politics in my life. I don't mind a bad president. Jimmy Carter seemed like a decent dude, but this guy just looks at us, laughs at us, and lies to us. And the media just goes right along with it. It's stunning to me. No, it's more than stunning. It angers me to my core. And I'm not that guy. I swear to you, I am not that guy. I am not the guy that ever got upset about this crap. We don't have an independent media. We have nothing. We have shills. And we got a guy that lies to us every single day. And we accept it. I will never understand how we do it. Ever. But we do. Hey, if you're on YouTube, make sure you like us. If you're on YouTube, say nice comments about us. It helps our show. We're being crushed in a lot of different ways because of how smart our show is. But help us out here. Go to, fa- go to Facebook and watch us. Go to Twitter and watch us. Like and subscribe. Charlie's show this morning was fantastic. We're giving you a whole network here. And I got to thank all of my guys. All of my guys and gals, including Gritty, who just joined the YouTube. We got to get Gritty to work for OutKick somehow, some way. Anyway, Craig Carton's coming on. Nobody better to talk to than Carton. New York guy through and through. He had 9-11 yesterday. He had Rodgers running out with the flag. And then he had Rodgers tear his Achilles. And then he had Zach Wilson and the punt returner save the day. Craig Carton, next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this.
Hey, good afternoon. Good morning. It's a don't do heroin edition. Yesterday I had my teeth done and whatever sedatives they gave me an hour before my appointment, I had it wavy. I did a, I, I did the drunk test for my wife. She drove me and I'm sitting in the doctor's office. And I did a drunk test and I went like this. And then I tried to walk a line, you know, the drunk line and I almost missed the floor. I have no idea what else happened, but I got to tell you, I don't understand you people that do heroin. Don't do heroin. I mean, look, a little weed maybe, but don't do heroin. Craig Carton's going to join us coming up at 945. I'm just saying. Let's recap. Yesterday, it was beautiful. Here comes Aaron Rodgers. He's running out there. New York City, September 11th. He's got the flag. Crowd is going nuts. We've been talking about this since forever, and next thing you know, he tears his ACL. Apparently, Zach Wilson wasn't lying when he said he was going to make whoever came in to replace him with the Jets a living hell, but, well, uh uh-oh, Zach Wilson, that dude can fire a football. I never really paid attention to Zach Wilson until last night. No need to. They stunk in his first year, but that dude can throw a football. What an opportunity for Zach Wilson. I would venture a guess. There's no way, no way that Aaron Rodgers ever plays football again for the New York Jets. I'm just, I don't have anything. I think Zach Wilson is going to take off. But if I were the Jets, I would have already made a phone call to Tom Brady and his people. If I were the Jets, I would have made a phone call right now to the Colts to try to see if Gardner Minshew might be available. That's just what I would do. I want to make sure if I'm going to go with Zach Wilson, I want to make sure I got a backup that I can get down with. And if I'm not going to, if I am still going to go with Zach Wilson, I want a Hall of Famer in my building. Now, I got to believe, I got to believe that, oh, I don't know, um, Ben Roethlisberger weighs 726,872 pounds. I just, I got to believe that. I got to believe he's massive. I got to believe he's fat. He's out of shape. He's probably 17 beers into something. You know what I'm saying? Hey, by the way, points bet's my place, man. Points bet is my new place. I've looked around, I've shopped around, and points bet is it. Why is points bet it? Well, look at this. If you bet $50, just $50, you're going to get an official jersey from Fanatics. I am not jersey guy. And it's not that I, oh, you wear another man's uniform on your back. No, that ain't it. Jerseys are hot. But if you don't want a jersey, they're going to give you $150 in credit. So you can get whatever you like. Maybe you like hats. Maybe I don't know. Whatever you like. But you get it from Fanatics.com. That's the hook. But the real hook is that this site is easy. This site is smart. This site pays off quickly. This site does everything a degenerate gambler like myself wants. All you got to do is visit outkick.com slash bet. That's outkick.com slash bet. If you got a problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. But do yourself a favor. Deposit 50 bucks. Get yourself a nice jersey. Do your, hey, do this. Get yourself a number 18 jersey with the Colts and put Dockage on the back. That'll shock the folks. You know, I actually got stopped twice in airports. Guy asked me if I was Peyton Manning. We both have a massive forehead. I'm a lot older than Peyton Manning, but I look like, you know, a young stud. 70% of people, this is stupid, 70% of people oppose transgenders in sports. How is that not 100% of the people? How is that not 100? That should be 100 today, tomorrow, and the next day. And if it's not, I don't know what to tell you. 
I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Seriously. I mean, honest to God. Who there thinks if you have a daughter or you are a woman, who thinks it's okay, unless you just don't think sports matter. You know, there are a lot of people that say, yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah, you know what? Let everybody be happy. Yeah, see, I like competition. I think competition is what makes the world go round. I think competition makes all of us at OutKick want to uh, eclipse any other shows that you have, any other website that you have, whether it's ESPN or CBS or wherever. We here, at least I at OutKick, want this thing to get bigger because you want to compete. Competition gives you some juice. Competition gives you some life. I'm going to play golf today. I bet my face off when I play golf, as long as it's fair, because, well, frankly, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't get to compete in a whole lot. So 70% of you means 30% think it's okay for dudes to compete against women. And I think you 30%, I think this is just crap. Speaking of just crap, this is one of the most cowardly beatdowns I have ever seen. A guy in a Ray Lewis jersey got his brains beat out in arguably the most cowardly beatdown. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing fights on Twitter, on YouTube. I'm tired of seeing fights on Facebook. I'm tired of seeing cowards throwing hands. And I'm really tired of seeing all the crap in football games. I really am. Here's a look. Watch what happens to Ray Lewis. Watch it. Is that the worst beatdown you've ever... Is that the most cowardly... Guy's pretty tough. He just got the hell knocked out of him. Is that the most cowardly beatdown you've ever seen? That guy that held him and that guy that punched him should both go to jail for a minimum of 20 years. My opinion. You should go to jail because, well, frankly, you're too much of a coward. Look at this guy holding him. Look at this guy. Look at this. Look at a white dude holding him. I mean, well, just stop. Now, finally, look at these cowardly, look at these cowardly security guys. Look at this guy in the yellow. Watch this guy come up in the yellow on the side. What chicken blank people. I hate chicken blank people. I do. I do. I'm not saying, you know, hey, look, I'm not Rocky Balboa here, but you got to admit, that's about as cowardly a thing as you're ever going to see. Look at a tough guy here. The white dude's holding, black guy punches him, and both of them are the biggest cowards you're ever going to see. Ever. Ever. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Really is. It gives me gas. It's just disgusting. Uh, by the way, today is America's quitter's birthday. Yes, Andrew Luck's birthday is today. And for those of you that don't know what happened, Andrew Luck was quitting on the Colts, but he didn't have the stones to do it, so he was all giddy happy on the sideline of an exhibition game. Schefter broke the news. I think it was like the 24th of April, which, by the way, is one of the great days of all time. I'll explain in a minute. But anyway, Andrew Luck quits. It gets announced. Crowd boos him. And, of course, the slob on ESPN, Sarah Spain, she calls me uh, toxic masculinity because I said, look, 
I don't care. You want to quit, quit, but don't do it like that. You're a quitter. And Jimmy Ursay gave him $24 million. Why is August 24th one of the great days ever? It was the day my divorce was uh, finalized. And Lee and I met that day. My divorce was finalized for our first date in Marco Island. And she was in a bikini, and it was unbelievable. Lee Ross in a bikini is ridiculous. I looked over, and I went, oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Every man should see Lee Ross in a bikini. Happy birthday, Andrew Luck. Please sign with the Titans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. If you are the Jets, do you call Andrew Luck? You can't call Andrew Luck. You got to call the Colts. I think that's the reason Jimmy Ursay gave him $24 million. Oh, my God. Uh, Arthur Smith won a football game. He's the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and he scoffed at a question about Drake London having no catches. Now, Drake London is a very popular, popular guy. Very, very popular among the fantasy football league. Falcons coach told Drake London was told that Drake London had one fewer reception than Desmond Ritter in today's win. Let the fantasy guys worry about that. We got to clean some things up. We don't care. Drake London doesn't care. All we care about is one and oh, now you got to understand Ritter caught a pass. I used to do this with players. I used to say, okay, one of my players, zero rebounds. As many as, and I would list off dead people, as many as Elvis Presley had today, as many as I had today, (laughs) as many as Jimi Hendrix, I would list uh, John F. Kennedy. Do you know, son, you had as many rebounds today as JFK? That'd probably get everybody crazy, right? That'd probably get everybody mad. But that's what you do. Let's be clear, Arthur Smith did a great job today, but I have zero idea why they drafted Pitts in London. If this is what they knew the offense was going to be, it's like buying a Lambo and using only twice a year to go to the grocery store. That's from some guy named Russell Clay. Now, you got to understand, Russell Clay's an idiot. Why is Russell Clay an idiot? He's an idiot because you just won a football game. I mean, who cares how you win the football game? You won the game. Period. Period. And if this guy is dumb enough to not understand it, then I can't help you. He is a fantasy guru, this guy Russell Clay. Well, I stand by what I said. Russell Clay, you are a dumbass because the only thing you care about, the numero uno, number one thing you care about, very simple. Very, very simple. Winning. Winning. That's it. Hey, I want to make sure uh, we have this. Carton is coming on at 1045. I assume Trey Wallace is coming on at 10 o'clock. I can't wait to talk to Trey Wallace, get his insight on the Tucker. Look, Mel Tucker is an idiot. All right, let's understand that. And... I get why everybody's up in arms. Is he fired? Is he not fired? I understand it. You don't just fire a coach. I want you to understand this. You don't just fire a guy. You have to, particularly a minority. There is a saying in sports. All right? Once you hire 
an African-American coach or a woman coach, you're stuck with them. It's just the same. Impossible in this day and age to fire. Calvin Sampson cheated like a crazy man. They could not fire him. They tried for a long time. Bob Knight, they just fired after giving him a break, but it got to a point they just fired. All right, here's the deal. You cannot just fire him. You have Title IX. You've got all kind of race things, human resources things. But regardless of all that, you shouldn't just fire the guy anyway until you get the absolute facts. It feels like this lady Bland and Mel Tucker are both idiots here. Bland is the lady that Tucker, well, stopped. Hey, look at there. That looks, you know what that looks like? That looks a little like Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban is the, hey, that's pretty good, Ryan. I think Mark Cuban is the bastard son of Dan Dockich and Peyton Manning. I do. Tell me there isn't a bit of Cuban in there. You guys got to send me that picture. That's pretty good. <laughs> I love when Ryan gets going. Ryan and Dylan and, and Nick, you got carte blanche. Put anything you want on this screen because I'm sure it's a hell of a lot better than anything that I am saying. But I swear to God, when I first saw that, I thought, what is Mark Cuban doing on my screen? Yeah. All right. Can you go side by side? Can you? I think you can. I do. I think you can. <laughs> Tell me those eyes. Those eyes don't lie, people. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Back to the matter at hand. So Mel Tucker's an idiot. You don't put yourself in that position. You just don't when you got 90 million at stake. I'm sorry, you know, we all put ourselves, look, we're not human. We're all human. We all put ourselves in bad positions. I mean, what are you going to do? But you don't put yourself in that one. And lady, this lady is the lady that is supposedly teaching people how to handle both men and women compromising situations. Now, if she's real, she didn't, quote, forget or didn't think of hanging up the phone when the guy was baiting fish on the phone. You hang up the phone. You're the one that teaches people to do this. I feel like both are con men and women. I feel like both, I feel like this lady's a con woman. I feel like she's full of crap. I do. But I'm not saying she's wrong here. I'm not. But I feel she's full of crap. I feel that it's, it's phone sex that she could have stopped. He's an idiot. If you fired him, I would say, who cares? I've told you all along, the guy had nothing. But two months after phone sex, she texts Mel Tucker, happy Father's Day. Now, she's the one teaching people how to handle this. I'm guessing two months, eight months after, after, two months after an assault, she wasn't texting somebody. It's a I was going to swear, it's a crappy situation all the way around. Tucker's going to get fired, and she probably has ruined her own business because a lot of people are going to think like I'm thinking. You're the one teaching this. Craig Carton teaches America every day. It's just what he does. His show has taken the world by storm. It has. I mean, look, ESPN is non-existent when it comes to mornings, at least for me. I can only listen to Mike Tannenbaum tell me stupid stuff. I can only listen to some guy named Garofalo or some writer 
or some Lady Martin. I can only listen to their crap for so long. I need real people talking real sports, and that's what Craig Carton gives me. I'm not a New York guy. I didn't grow up listening to Carton. Well, I'm older than Carton, so I didn't grow up listening to him. But now that I know who he is and he's been on our show, he gives it to you straight, so give it to me straight. If you're the Jets, have you already called Tom Brady? Well, I got Zach Wilson. Why do I need Tom Brady? You got what now? I, I can, can you hear me loud and clear or no? I can, I can now. I didn't hear the first time. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what would you say? I want to make sure you can hear me loud and clear. What I said was, I've got Zach Wilson. What do I need Tom Brady for? Yeah, I've got I've got uh I've got uh STDs. I need penicillin. Well, you should see a doctor for that. No, look, it's um <laughs> it's a major body blow for us yesterday, of course. You know, it's you know, it's one of those things like how come we can't have good things as as a New York Jet fan base, right, and franchise. And he, Aaron Rodgers represented hope for us. You know, we haven't been to a Super Bowl since 69. He represented the opportunity to get back there. But I, I would caution everybody, you know, don't start throwing dirt on our body just yet because it wasn't that long ago that a rookie quarterback and a second-year quarterback named Mark Sanchez with a great defense and a really good running attack beat Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Carson Palmer, and Phillip Rivers in uh, going to back-to-back AFC championship games. So it's obviously a blow, and it's one that unfortunately happened four plays into a game. So we never got to see Aaron Rodgers, but the body ain't dead yet. No, I agree, and I said that earlier. Look, I, I, I didn't really pay attention to Zach Wilson just because the Jets weren't very good, and I'm here in Indianapolis. Um But I will say this, watching him yesterday, yeah, he threw an interception, but that dude can throw a football uh, and can throw it really well. Like, that's a good-looking arm. And I got to believe, you know what, he probably matured, learned a little bit in his time with Rodgers, and will continue to learn. I'm with you on that. The Jets showed some heart last night, real heart. Yeah, that that was an easy game to just uh, wallow in your own misery and take a loss, especially because – you know, the game was close, and the Bills go down, and they tie it, you know, with 20 seconds to go, and it had all the writings on the wall of, here we go, another brutal loss for the Jets franchise. The key to me now is it's very clear as a guy that watches the Jets every day and likes the Jets that Aaron Rodgers has had a profound impact on that locker room, on, the, you know, the facility, and specifically – on the development of Zach Wilson. Let's not get it twisted. Zach Wilson's not going to wake up tomorrow and be a top 15 quarterback in this league. But as long as he can realize that an incomplete pass, throwing the ball out of bounds, doesn't hurt me. But the bad interception, like last night to Milano, in the middle of the field, can be a crushing play. Then I'm going to rely on my defense and running attack, and I'm going to win a bunch of games. I just don't know what's going on in between the years now of Zach Wilson because I've never seen it before. You know, and it's not college. It's not BYU. It's not running all over the field and eventually a guy's going to get open. And I'm a little bit better than everybody else. The NFL, as you know, Dan's just a, a different animal. And I have to assume that he now recognizes this is a second shot at an NFL career. And hopefully he's really mature about that and, you know, plays his ass off. 
Hey, you and I both know because we've lived lives, uh, sometimes it helps you to get knocked on your ass a little bit. Sometimes sure. it doesn't, but sometimes it does. And he got knocked on his ass. Yeah, and, and ultimately you're gonna, we're going to figure out who Zach Wilson is, right? He got humbled on a very public stage, and he's got this great opportunity now to salvage your career, like a starting quarterback. By the way, you know, Zach Wilson – being on the field doesn't change how good the Jets' defense is. It doesn't change the fact that Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall can run the ball really well. And as much as that offensive line is much maligned, they're really good at run blocking. And it wasn't a failure necessarily of the offensive line last night where Aaron got hurt. If you watch those plays, I'm getting this you know, from Willie Colon, who was a Super Bowl champion offensive lineman with the Steelers and then the Jets. You know, Dwayne Brown did his job. That's a three-step drop. Aaron's got to get rid of the ball, and he didn't. And because he held on to the ball, he put himself in harm's way. So it's easy to just blame the 40-year-old left tackle who didn't play it all this summer. But the reality is that Aaron held the ball a little too long in an attempt to make a play. And unfortunately, football's football. Guys get hurt, you know, and you know that's, now you got to overcome it. And that's our reality. Hey, let me go on the other side. I, I got tired last year of hearing about Josh Allen and the Bills. Josh Allen, all right, he took him down. He got it tied up. But, man, oh, man, at some point, I guess we consider him a superstar, blah, 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 blah. But that guy got to deliver a little bit in big moments, doesn't he? I guess he Yeah, I think Josh Prom. But Josh last night wasn't great. Josh Allen's becoming a problem, right? Because Josh Allen's uh um he you can't trust him right now. He's uh, he's got all the talent in the world, right. obviously. He's been a really good quarterback, a great quarterback at times, but he's a risk taker and he takes risks at the wrong time. And I think part of what you saw yesterday was like he even said afterwards, same old, same old, three interceptions on a fumble. You know, you take those away, they probably win the football game. But I think you saw a different dynamic that if I'm a Bills fan, is bothersome. And that is I'm going to force the ball to Stefan Diggs because I don't want to hear his mouth after the game crying about, I only had 10 targets, I want 15. And two of those interceptions were about Josh Allen trying to force the ball to Stefan Diggs. That is a problem. Josh Allen is now a problem for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you got to be tougher than that. I, you know, it, it, Again, just, just my opinion, you got to be – you got to be a little bit tougher than that. Hey, I want to go to something because, again, I got tired of them, the Dallas Cowboys. I got tired of hearing about Dak Prescott, but I also got to tell you, nobody had a better performance than Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys, but they seem to do this in September. At what point do we believe in the Cowboys? What week do we believe in the Cowboys? No, I, I don't think you do till you know, mid-January, right? You know, it's funny. I you agree. Know, Beating the Giants 40 to nothing, Dak Prescott, you know, didn't have to have a good game. And, you know, statistically, it wasn't like he threw for 450. He didn't. Special team score, defensive score. And the New York Giants quit in the second half, and that was plain for everybody to see. I don't know how you can trust the Dallas Cowboys or Dak Prescott until mid-January. You know, he's had great regular seasons, 35 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. You know, won 12 games, back-to-back -back years. That's not the problem. The problem is, okay, we're now playing a meaningful playoff game. Who's our quarterback and what kind of performance do you get? You know, he's made all the money, you know, generational wealth. So that's covered, right? Yeah, but you're in year eight and nine now, and now it's time to become the guy.
And having a great regular season isn't enough now, especially in a watered-down NFC. You got to win games in January. The Cowboys have to get to an NFC championship game, and he's got to be the reason why, which is why next Sunday's game, you know, Cowboys-Jets now is really intriguing, right? Cowboys blow the Giants out, world beaters 40 to nothing. I'm sure they're reading their press clippings today, and they're barely practicing because here come the lowly Jets with Zach Wilson. Oh, we got him covered. And the spread went from three to seven and a half. The Cowboys are going to blow the Jets out. Uh-uh-uh. Don't get crazy on that. It's going to be a better game than you think. Hey, I want to go to the other side of that. A uh, lot of news from the Giants. Saquon Barkley out, signs he's going to be the new hero. Daniel Jones making more money than God. What? You have the pulse of New York. What was the vibe for the Giants going into that game? I mean, was it like, we're going to be really good? Dable's a great coach. What, what was it? I think the expectation was that the New York Giants – are going to take another step forward, and they got all this talent around Danny Jones for the first time in his career, and Darren Waller's there, and Paris Campbell comes in, and he got the eight and Kidder runs, you know, 4.240s, and I didn't see any of it. I saw, as we say in Italian, Ugats. I saw nothing, right? I saw a bad offensive line. I saw an intimidated quarterback, and they got embarrassed at home. So while they have more talent on paper, paper don't always translate to turf. And you saw that firsthand on Sunday night. Giants are giants are in trouble. I grew up in... What's that? Giants are in trouble because you know Dallas laid claim to we're real. You know Philadelphia struggled to beat New England, but obviously talent wise, you know what they have. Washington, although they struggled against Arizona. You know, they think better about themselves, right? Derek Carr is in New Orleans now. Uh, Atlanta won a game with B. John Robinson scoring his first touchdown. The Giants were supposed to be better. And I don't know what you saw, but I didn't see that on Sunday. I saw complete crap. Speaking of complete crap, I'm going to give you the background. I grew up in Gary, Indiana, outside Chicago. Grew up as a huge Bears fan. My wife grew up in Toledo. Great friends, her family kids grew up with playing football with Matt Eberflus. All right. Eberflus was here. I knew he was a fraud here. He goes to Chicago. They got Justin Fields. I'm a Bears fan. It was the worst coached team that I've seen. And I'm sitting there going, I'm a Justin Fields fan, or at least a Justin Fields, give him a chance. But like the Giants, there was nothing about the Bears, zero about the Bears that was any good at all. Horrific performance. Yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be the year, right, that they they took back, you know, the birth certificate from the Green Bay Packers, right? And you're not my daddy uh, because Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. And they still gave up 38 points to Jordan Love and the Packers. And I know a lot of people who are diehard Bears fans saw this was the year you guys, you know, turn it around and start, you know, winning games and maybe even win the division. And I thought they embarrassed themselves. And uh, Justin Fields, you know, what happened? Oh, we got DJ Moore now. We got weapons for Justin Fields. I didn't see all that game, but what I did see, it seemed a lot like I saw last year where Justin Fields was running for his life again, and that's their offense. And when you give up 38 points to what amounts to a rookie quarterback, at least from a playing standpoint, Jordan Love recognizing he's in year four, uh, I don't know how you sell that to the fan base that we're getting better. 
I don't either. I, I got no idea. Hey, man, I love your show, and I appreciate you coming on. It's third time. Really appreciate Always. you doing it, Craig. Thanks. Keep up the good Happy work. Happy to do it. I look forward to talking to you all throughout the season. And I know you're in love with Anthony Richardson. I am, too. I think he's going to be all right. I just don't like your owner. I don't like our owner, and I can't stand our GM. Our GM sucks, <laughs> but I ain't mad at Anthony Richardson. All good. Be good. Stay well. That's Craig Carton. I love his show, man. I do. His show's fantastic. It is. I mean, he tells you stuff. It's not just the same old bullshit that you get from clowns on ESPN just talking crap. All right, speaking of love, Trey Wallace is my man. Nobody knows college foots like Trey Wallace. I got to ask him, is Notre Dame for real? What's going to happen here with Tugger? (laughs) Mel Tugger. I'm sorry. Guy sent it to me, and I love it. Stay right here. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. You know him, you love him, you can't wait to hear him, and you cannot wait to read him. He is college football. Yeah, he is. His name is Trey Wallace, and he is our guy. You've seen him on this show numerous times. Trey, let's get right into the Mel Tugger situation. My si- Well, let's just go this route. This is weird beyond anything I've ever seen, and I've seen some shit in my coaching days. Give me your take here. What's happening here? I man, good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, it um, good morning. It, you know what? It it has gone completely off the rails. I think at Michigan State. I think that when you look at when you look at what happened Saturday night, I mean, Dan, I was, I was sitting there working on a game story on Alabama LSU. And all of a sudden the USA today article comes out at 1245 in the morning. And I'm sitting there like, Oh wow, this is not going to be good. How does state respond? Uh, they come back Sunday night and they, and they suspend him without pay. Um, noting that that was the first time that they had seen the allegations, which was interesting. Okay. You get past that point, and in my opinion, he's not going to be the head coach at Michigan State in three weeks after this hearing. I think he knows that now, uh, which is why that statement came out yesterday, calling the hearing, the upcoming hearing, a sham, and it's not going to be unbiased. Uh, then you had Brenda Tracy's comments, you know, and and look, everybody deserves for their side of the story to be heard and, 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 you know, you're innocent and until proven guilty. Um, I think it gets a little murky when we're talking about the, the, either the text messages and the phone calls between him and, and Brenda, Brenda Tracy, um, how this makes Michigan state look, I mean, it, 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 you know, it puts Michigan state in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons, Dan. And, and that's the thing that you have to look at. Um, do I think that this is a way to get out of an $85 million contract? It's hard because the complaint was filed a year ago, um, and we didn't know what Michigan State was going to be or what could have been. Um, I think this situation is a lot more serious than $85 million. And I, and I know that's a stretch when I say that, but I'm talking about we're talking about a man's reputation here for the rest of his life. You might not like him at Michigan State. He might not be a good coach, but we're still talking about his reputation and getting another job and working in this industry. That's what's at stake here. And, it, you know, I 
look, man, like, I don't know. I, I don't know who to believe in certain scenarios of this. You know what I mean? Like is, you know, the phone calls going so long and, you know, the fact that and I'm not going to go in like detail on here, but the fact that, you know, testimony shows that they finished the phone call, if you know what I'm saying. And then I it do. was like, it, and then it was like, you know, um, let's not do that again, you know, along the line. But so it's like, where is the, where's the medium ground here? Because reportedly from Mel Tucker's side, this is just Mel Tucker's side. She sent him a couple text message afterwards over this course of the couple months, a happy father's day text, which I would love to see those text messages if they're out there, because one thing that was admitted or was in the USA today article is that both sides deleted all their text messages. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you want an investigation, but you delete all the damn evidence, how's that going to play out in the future? So this is, um, I, I, I look, it's just, we're holding back on the inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, Mel Tucker is not going to be the, the, the coach at Michigan State. I think yesterday's statement, if you read it, and it was long, I think he made it pretty clear that he's going out fighting with his sword. But the problem is, um, I think that there's already things in motion to have him gone. So it, it's just a, you know, I know it's, it's trying not to be a word salad here, but it's so complicated and it's so outside of the normal realm of college football, Dan. I think that's what shocked me the most about it. Well, there's a, there is a lot of things involved here. Uh, I have a sister, 25-year domestic violence prosecutor in Bloomington, Indiana, Monroe County. And, you know, she always said, don't believe either side. She, you know, that whole thing about you always got to believe the victim. And she's like, no, no, no. You don't believe either. You know, you get to the facts. You, you dig as deep as you can. And let's also be honest. You know what? When you fire an African-American coach, you better be ready. You better be ready for what's coming with that. You file, you fire a high-profile coach. You better be ready for what's coming from that. You know, well, there you- are there like people say, well, you should fire him immediately, or you should keep him immediately. It's I was in it with Calvin Sampson. I was the director of ops when they were going to fire him. All those things come into play, whether people want to agree with it or not. It's just not the easiest thing in the world. Well, if you you know, if folks are wondering why Michigan State didn't just fire him. They can't legally. I mean, if they want look, if they wanted to fire him, they'd have fired him Sunday, and then they'd have tried to figure out the legalities of it, what they were going to pay. Here's the kicker on all of this. They are waiting until this hearing, this Title IX type of hearing to be done where it's a formal process to fire him for cause and not pay him the money that is owed. Now, I think that I think Dan that they end up settling. I think there's going to be a figure that Mel Tucker will end up getting, um, and and he will go go coach somewhere else, maybe down the road. I, I don't know what his future entails, but I don't think that they're going to hold off on a full eighty-five million dollars because this is this this case feels like it's hard to prove. We're not saying the, the 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 allegations aren't true, but we're also saying let's hear both sides of this thing. And I think that's what's lost 
on some people because these are two adults, you know, in a situation where both sides have kind of said some things in the investigation and the details that make you kind of scratch your head. So I, I'm just curious to see what this hearing looks like and, and where, you know, Michigan State goes from here, which is, I think, going to be looking for a, a new head football coach, but also writing a check to Mel Tucker on the way out the door. Yeah, haven't we learned anything from Jeffrey Tubin of CNN back in the day when he, you know, I mean, come on, people, let's figure it out. All right. I don't know where to go with this because I'm not one of those guys that believes when a great team or great program like Alabama loses and, and loses in a bad manner that their reign is over. All right. I always say, look, there's two sides of this. The other team's on scholarship, too. But Alabama looked bad, looked really bad, looked overmatched, looked without a quarterback. Is the rain over? I don't want to say the rain is over just as I don't want to say Texas is back yet. Okay. There's two different sides of that. I think that Alabama has themselves a quarterback situation, an offensive line situation, and a defensive back secondary situation. Um, I think that look the way Quinn Ewers and Texas came out and played, Dan. They, they, Quinn Ewers was throwing dimes, man, and, and, and he was destroying the Alabama secondary. A lot of his throws were just perfect 40, 50 yard dimes that he would let his receivers go under and catch it. He set them up perfectly. But the biggest thing that stands out to me is why his damn receivers were so wide open. It's because they were burning the Alabama right? secondary. So, you know, and it comes down to scheme as well. And then also you look at the other side of this thing. Jalen Milrow was running for his life a lot of times because the Alabama offensive line wasn't good. You know, how many times do we see the center put the ball on the ground trying to get it to Jalen Milrow? And I'm not, look, Jalen Milrow, he threw two horrible interceptions. That was a one-read look. When he threw those interceptions, it was because of one thing. He was staring down his receiver and didn't see the two-man coverage that was coming. So, I say all that to say this. They've got a game this weekend, Alabama does, against South Florida in Tampa, by the way. They're going on the road and playing South Florida, which is interesting to say the least. they got to make a decision, man. Is Jalen Milrow going to be the guy for the rest of the year, or are we going to give Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner an opportunity in the first half, or it's competitive, to go in there and show us what they've got in a live game situation. Um, I, I don't think the so-called Alabama dynasty is like over or whatnot. I think Texas was just the better team and had the better quarterback on Saturday. And I know it's shocking to some people to see an opposing team celebrating in the end zone of Bryant Denny stadium and Tuscaloosa and, you know, the coaches throwing the horns up and the Texas crowd. I mean, I was on the field. The Texas crowd sitting there chanting SEC, you know, for five minutes straight. It's shocking for some people, and I get that. But this is also Nick Saban we're talking about, okay? This is a guy who's been through the fire before. He knows how to get out of it. He said the right things post game, but inside there was just a ball of fury in his stomach ready to turn this thing around. And I, you know, we'll see if that happens, Dan. We'll see. I, I, they could end up, 
losing one more game and, you know, still somehow playing for an SEC championship, or they could lose three games on the season and this thing falls apart. But I don't think this is like the end of Nick Saban. I, I think that all of that is premature. You think Saban's going to go out like that? Um, no, it's not happening. So I, I just feel like Texas played well. They left a little treat at the door that says, hey, guys, we'll be back in 2024. Don't wait long. We're returning. And then Alabama's case, they got to figure out what the future looks like. Uh, the SEC in general, uh, Trey, I, I don't know, man. It's not been good so far. <laughs> not when you look at the Big Ten. Not when you look at the Pac-12. Not when you look at Texas. Not when you look at Florida State out of the ACC. Damn, there were some good teams out there, man. And I, I, somebody asked me this question yesterday. You know, what do you think we're talking about the SEC at the end of the month in September? And I said, we're going to be talking about Georgia's the only team that's going to be fighting for a playoff spot this year in a national championship because we just don't know what LSU is going to do. There are just certain teams that are just up in the air right now. And there's not, you know, nobody in the East is fighting Georgia at the moment. You know, Tennessee and Florida play this weekend. But what I'm getting at is that, look, man, when you got when you got Caleb Williams rolling at USC, when you got Michael Penix rolling at Washington, you got Oregon going, and then you look at Big Ten country, my man, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I'm telling you, we go down the line here. There are teams. I think this season is going to be a down year for the SEC, and somebody else could possibly raise the trophy. But damn, there's some good college football teams out there, and they're not in the South, besides Florida State. No, and and you know what, uh, Clemson doesn't. You know, they look bad. Well, you know, one of yes. the things that's interesting. It, 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 really interesting to me is, and I know Clemson's quarterback was highly rated, but he's not very good. I mean, he's okay, I guess. He seems to have digressed. You know, we're talking about Alabama not having a quarterback. Garrett Graham Merce goes to Florida. He not very good. I mean, you're talking about places that are destination schools. You're talking about a million quarterbacks out there, and the best quarterback in college football came from Jackson State, and he's now playing for his dad, it seems like, at Colorado. At least to me, he's the best quarterback so far. And here's what throws me off. I'm glad you brought up Shador Sanders. Everybody acts like Shador Sanders just came out of nowhere, and he was this two-star recruit out of high school, and he wasn't any good, <laughs> and he's all of a sudden just leading Deion Sanders' team to a 2-0 star. Guys. Shador Sanders was a quarterback that could be playing for Alabama, Ohio State, U.S., anybody right now. He decided he wanted to go play with his father at Jackson State. And look where it turned out. He played at Jackson State for a year. Now he's at Colorado in a Power 5 conference, and he's lighting it up, and everybody acts so damn surprised. What the hell are you surprised about? If you were paying attention to Deion Sanders last year, you saw the kid was throwing for 500 yards. I know it was for Jackson State, but don't act surprised when he comes in against TCU, torches them, and now he's leading a team that, you know, is surprising the world. Like, Shador Sanders is a good quarterback. And and, and so, you know, I, I don't know. To me, the people that, that want to look at some of the playmakers from, from Colorado and laugh and be like, oh, okay, well, that, you know, we don't like those NFL projections. Where are they coming from? 
man, you'd be saying the damn thing for them if they were at Alabama or if they were at Florida or at Clemson. These guys are good at certain spots. Colorado's good at key spots. Travis Hunter, you know, you you throw in Dylan Edwards, a running back, you Shador Sanders at quarterback. Like they've got talent at, at, at the talented spot, the key spots. And, you know, the Shador Sanders stuff, it's like, you know, move past it, move along, do some damn research and figure out the guy was actually good, you know, before all this stuff started coming up against, you know, TCU and Nebraska. I think he's a Heisman Trophy favorite. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you? I, well, Caleb Williams is is the one right now uh, at USC, uh, the back-to-back, potential back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner. We'll see how his season goes. Um, you got a guy like Bo Nix as well at Oregon who's throwing up numbers. But, but I say that to say this. If Shador Sanders in Colorado can somehow get out, I, I, they'll win this weekend. And then it gets tough, man. They got to play Oregon. They got to play USC. If they can split those, okay, you're in a positive. They lose them both, still doesn't matter. You're three and two going into the rest of your schedule. But I, I think that Shador Sanders over two weeks should definitely be in the conversation. Now we just see what he can do against some tougher defenses. And also, let's not forget. Let's see what he can do when they got to go back and forth. We saw it against TCU, Dan, but Oregon and USC, top 10 programs, that's a lot different than playing in Fort Worth, Texas. No, I agree. No, I I, I totally agree. I, I, But I'll tell you what, not over 900 yards in two games against good, good enough opponents, big-time supposed opponents. That's pretty damn good, brother. All right, I'm not even going to bore you with my Hoosiers or Purdue or any of that. I'm uh, Notre Dame's good, but we're you know what's frustrating, and I'll let you go with this. I, you know, we're here with two Big Ten schools, and nobody cares because both teams stink. Although Purdue got a win at Virginia Tech, which can't be easy. So there you go, my man. I mean, congratulations, Purdue. You beat a bad <laughs> Virginia Tech team. Um, I mean – unless you're going up against the odds because of inter Sandman before the game and you can hold your hat on that. But I mean, you know, all right, come on, let's not all right. let's get ahead of ourselves. Hey, I'll give you credit. They're, they're, they're at least decent, Dan. They're at least decent. My brother. No, I want Purdue to lose every game and I want Indiana <laughs> to win every game and uh, neither one happens. Trey. Thanks my friend. Thank you. My brother. Be good, dude. Thanks, Dan. Love talking to Trey Wallace. He is college football. Nobody studies it, watches it, articulates it, writes it better than Trey Wallace. He's great. Go to outkick.com or follow Trey underscore Wallace. I mean, what are you doing? All right, my top five for Tuesday. I'm going to give you my five best NFL performances. Number five, ladies and gentlemen, I got to take this out of my ear because I'm itching. Calvin Ridley last year got suspended for a year. Calvin Ridley Gambled in the facility. Yeah, okay. Pull this. It plays jingle bells. Who gives a rat's ass about gambling in the facility when you walk into Lucas Oil Stadium and you can gamble right there in a kiosk? Just stop it. He should have never been suspended, but Calvin Ridley came into Lucas Oil Stadium, caught eight balls for 101 yards. I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan. I am. I'm sorry. I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan, and I'm glad that Calvin Ridley did what he did because, frankly, I think he got screwed. We act like the, the facility on 56th Street 
is like some kind of Mecca. Ah, it's a bunch of where crazy people gathered to learn how to put a ball past a line. That's it. It's not church. It's not uh, the old city of Jerusalem. It's not a mosque. It's not a temple. It's nothing. It's a freaking football building. Gamble your face off in there. Ridley did. And everybody got mad. And next thing you know, he had to sit out a year because the NFL sanctuary. Oh, shut up. Good for Calvin Ridley. Bad for the Colts. I'm sure at some point they could have drafted Calvin Ridley. I ain't even going into it, but he came into Indy and destroyed him. Uh, Number four, who's your daddy? You know, Aaron Rodgers famously said, I believe it was last year, I'm still your daddy, when speaking to Bears and Bears fans. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Aaron Rodgers is now somewhere in a hospital, I assume, having Achilles tendon surgery to recapture an Achilles. Jordan Love, number 10. Draft choice early, three, four years ago. Oh, wasted pick. Aaron Rodgers got his little feelings hurt when they moved up to trade for Jordan Love and draft him. Well, Jordan Love got his chance. And who did he get his chance against, ladies and gentlemen? Oh! By the way, he got his chance against the Chicago Bears and showed that, well, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr, it really don't matter. They remain their daddy. Threw for over 200 yards, three touchdowns. Next thing you know, the ass kicking was on. The Bears looked like the worst football team in America which they are, and Jordan Love did what Jordan Love does. Or let me back up. Jordan Love did what the quarterback of Green Bay does. It's go into Chicago and whoop bare ass. 245 yards, three touchdowns. Lacanoche, sayonara, avita saint, arrivederci, bears. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Love him or dislike Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill is a guy you want on your football team. That's right. He, you want Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the prototype for everything I've been begging Indianapolis and the Colts to get. A guy that can get open. Maybe they've got one in Josh Downs. We shall see. Speed kills in the NFL. Speed moiters in the NFL. It does. If you are the possession receiver, yay rock, go fight, win. Come to the Colts. We love mediocre speed. But if you want to win a championship, and I believe that's what Miami wants, you go get this guy. You go pair him up with Tua Tungavailoa. You go get three touchdowns. You go get 19.5 yards per catch. You go get big plays. And Tyreek Hill did all of those things. Targeted 15 times. 11 catches. Are you kidding me? Tyreek Hill had a great performance. Not as great as my number one guy, but a great performance still. Number two, Brock Purdy. Look, geez, Brock Purdy came out of Iowa State, which if you go to Iowa State, it tells me you couldn't get in anywhere else. I think literally in Ames, Iowa, you go to the soup place, you go get yourself a nice soup. You go to Noodles, you can get a nice soup. You go get a nice soup, they'll hand you a degree. Would you like crackers or an engineering degree when you go to Iowa State? It's the bastion of stupid. But Brock Purdy not only went to the bastion of stupid, I guess in the the Midwest, Michigan State holds that record in the Big Ten. But anyway, Brock Purdy goes to 
Iowa State comes out as Mr. Irrelevant. Plug and play. Oh, wait a second. Let's play Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he's hurt. Trey Lance, we drafted him early. Let's play him. No, he can't play. He stinks. We're not afraid to get rid of a guy, so they get rid of Trey Lance. Next thing you know, Brock Purdy comes in. Purdy sounds like a car dealer in southern Indiana. Hey, go see Mr. Purdy. Oh, them Purdy boys are crazy. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe them Purdy boys, you know what, them Purdy boys will get you. Tell you what, don't leave your daughter out around them Purdy boys. Anyway, all Purdy does, 66%. That means he completed two out of three. 220 yards, couple touchdowns, and old Purdy goes into, into Pittsburgh and goes with a 30-7 to belly womp on the Steelers. Remember, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Kenny Pickett was the first-round pick. Everybody told me Kenny Pickett's the man. Kenny Pickett's the man. We saw him work out in the same building. We love Kenny Pickett. Well, Kenny Pickett got his, you know what, beat by old Brock Purdy. Hey, you need your car fixed? Go see the Purdy's down there. They're over there on Main Street. They'll fix it up good, them Purdy boys. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm sorry. I mean, it just does. Bump it a bump it a bump it a bump. Number one in the hit parade. I talked about him yesterday, and I'm rooting for him. Because he just seems like a good dude. Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa, he of multiple concussions. He of everybody whining, blanking, and moaning about Tua Tungavailoa. Let me tell you why I like Tua Tungavailoa. I always try to put myself in either coaches or athlete spots. Halftime, Jalen Hurts is the star of Alabama. Jalen Hurts not performing. Nick Saban showing why he's the GOAT. He benches. Boom, get out of here, Jalen Hurts. Get in here, Tua, at halftime of the national championship game. Full disclosure, I had no idea who Tua Tungavailoa is. When he went into the game, now all of a sudden people are saying, hey, look, this is a highly rated guy, blah, 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 blah. Tua Tungavailoa, left-handed, leads Alabama to the national championship in a comeback win over Georgia. Three touchdowns, 466 yards. I'm going to say that again. 466 yards on the road in L.A. against the Chargers. Three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. I don't know about you, but that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day for a guy that everybody questions. And you're right to question him. He hasn't been great. He's been good. Will he do it next week? Don't know. He could probably just as easily get banged in the head. He could. He could get banged in the head and be out for six weeks as he could throw for 446 or 466. It's just who he is. But you know what? I've always had mad respect for Tua Tungavailoa because I know I could not have done that. Coach Knight used to put me in in the last 10 minutes of game. And it was kind of fun. I always considered myself the closer late in my senior year. He would do it because he was mad at me, said I wasn't a leader. We would get down. I would come in. Next thing you know, we usually won the game. Took me out against UCLA at my last college game. Guess what? We lost the game. You can't help stupid. But anyway, that's where we're at. Tua Tungavailoa is my player of the game. Don't tell me what he did of the week. Don't tell me what he did last week. 
Don't tell me what he's going to do in the future. I just go by performance. I do. My guy Greg Doyle gets mad at words, so he's mad at me. I go by what Greg actually does, so I don't respect him. It's just the way the world works. We'll be right back. I got some stuff to get to. Coco Golf, Kevin Porter Jr. Sign it up, Kevin Porter Jr. Dumb blanks are always the same. Dumb blanks that are always the same. Guys in the news. That didn't make sense, but I'm not mad at the statement. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. What's that? Hey, welcome back. Did you know this? I just saw this on our YouTube chat. This is amazing. This is truly amazing. Remember yesterday we had Kim Russell on our show? Remember Kim Russell was the uh, lacrosse coach? (laughs) It's unbelievable. At Oberlin College. Kim Russell got reassigned. Reassigned. I mean, think about that. Reassigned. Man, it's unbelievable. She got reassigned. Uh, She was reassigned because she spoke out against transgender. She's labeled as transphobic and vilified for her stance. Kiss my ass. Kim Russell is an American hero. Honest to God. Kim Russell got reassigned. You know, it is absolutely amazing to me, the world that we live in. It's astounding to me. And our YouTube chat, which is the greatest chat in all of sports, it's such a blast to get on there and just read and watch and listen and learn. They were the first ones that told me. They were the first ones that told me, huh? Unbelievable. Oberlin College, which is America's worst college, that is the college where Tommy Smith, you remember Tommy Smith in 1968 in Mexico City? That's where he coached. Free speech lives with Tommy Smith. Free speech doesn't live with a middle-aged white woman. We all know that. I mean, look, the world has switched. Hey, I ain't mad at nobody, but honest to God, Kim Russell was reassigned. Oberlin College, you suck. You suck. She's labeled as transphobic. It was hate speech. It's hate speech to say that women should compete against women. It's hate speech to say that. Oh, my God. Oberlin College, you suck. That is what I'm saying. Got colleges, I'm, I'm putting this out there right now. You suck. Unfreaking believable. Unbelievable. Reassigned 27 years. You know, even if you're mad at her, even, I want you to think about this. Even if you're mad, doesn't 27 years of mentoring and coaching and success and Hall of Fame, doesn't it give you a little equity? A little bit? I'm telling you, the world is nuts. I learned about it. All right, Coco Goff was seen praying after the U.S. Open victory. She won the U.S. Open in New York with the title of U.S. Open. 
where they decided not to play the national anthem. Odd. Anyway, Coco Goff says, I was just saying thank you. And I understood all the tough times were just to make that moment even more special. How about that? I was just saying thank you. I understood all the tough times were just to make that moment even sweeter. Girl's 19 years old. Girl's 19 years old. Uh, Oh, my goodness. It means so much to me. I feel like I'm a bit in shock in this moment. That French Open loss was a heartbreak for me. I realize God puts you through tribulations and trials. That makes this moment even more sweeter than I could imagine. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Good for her. You know, ESPN could not lower themselves, could not lower themselves, all right? They just couldn't do it. They could not lower themselves to show somebody praying and say they're praying. I guess maybe the reason is they didn't know she was praying. Well, they also didn't know they said she was soaking it all in. They didn't know she was soaking it all in. Uh, I'm not mad at Matt Rule, and I think more coaches are going to have to do this. I do. I think you're going to have to do this. I hate to say it, but you know what? When you play against Colorado, you're going to have to listen to nonsense to from the Colorado people. Shador Sanders is the quarterback who I think should be the Heisman Trophy winner. All right? I do. I'm sorry. I do. After the game, Shadur Sanders leveled some pretty heavy accusations against Matt Rule, basically saying he disrespected my father, all this kind of stuff. All right. Well, you know what? Good, and I mean good, for Matt Rule. He fired back. He said, I've never disrespected any opponent in my life. In my life. You know what? You got to. You kind of have to. He said the pregame moment at Colorado was a moment of prayer, which he invited Shadur Sanders to join. Look, Dion and his son are all the rage right now, and that's great. But if you're a coach, particularly a white coach, you better be prepared to stand up for yourself because the media is not. The media are going to crush you. The media is so afraid right now of Deion Sanders and his son and the entire operation that they will bend over to crush you. So you better stand up for your damn self. And if people don't like you standing up for yourselves, tough. Tough. He denied any wrongdoing. He said he's never disrespected an opponent in my life. He said the pregame moment at CU was a pregame moment of prayer. Asked for blessing that everyone stay safe. Said he invited... Sanders to jump in. Of course, Sanders had said it was personal. You go out, warm up. You got a head coach of the other team trying to stand out in the middle of the field of the buff. It's okay if like a couple players do it. It's fine. Like just enjoying the scenery. But when you got the whole team trying to disrespect it, I'm not going after it. Yeah, look, I don't blame Sanders. I don't blame Sanders at all. I don't blame Sanders trying to find something to disrespect. But this dude doesn't know his ass from third base. He's been in big-time college football for two games. Good for you. You're winning. Everybody's excited. You got white media completely on your side. Don't lose them by being idiots. Don't lose them by overreaching. And certainly don't lose them by losing. You win. You can say whatever you want. I mean, hell, I don't care. 
But I want this story to be good. I want them to keep having a chip, and I like the fact that I get to know what the chip is. But just stop. Just stop. Uh, Kevin Porter is accused of assaulting his WNBA girlfriend, uh, a girl named Gondrazak, son of Glenn Gondrazak. Porter returned early Monday morning from an evening out to the Millennium Hotel by the UN Plaza where he and Gondrazak were staying. Gondrazak was upset with the late hour of his return, locked the door, according to police sources. Once he entered with the help of security, Porter beat up the woman. Back in the day, Glenn Gondrazak was a badass. He was. Glenn Gondrazak was a tough dude. Uh, He returned Monday and beat her up. Well, here's the deal. Kevin Porter Jr. is always in trouble. Kevin Porter Jr. is a guy that seemingly is always in the news. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he's just wonderful. All right. So the guy opens the door, and next thing you know, the woman was assaulted, struck multiple times, and choked. This 23-year-old was taken into custody. Second-degree assault and strangulation, which we all know in New York City gets you a pat on the wrist and a see you later. This idiot signed for over $80 million. That's what he did. I feel like I've seen Kevin Porter in the news other times for crimes or stupid stuff. What a shock. A 23-year-old, a night out, a lot of money. Mm, Yes, this isn't Porter's first run-in with the law. In 2020, he was accused of punching a woman, pulling her hair while in downtown Cleveland. The woman alleged that Porter ripped out her weave while in an argument with Porter's sister and that the Rockets guard punched her in the face. He was also arrested for being in possession of a loaded gun. There you go after getting in a car accident. He was angry in the locker room. He began yelling, throwing food. And the general manager of Cleveland stepped in. He remained combative. He was told to clean out his locker and go away. But somehow, the Houston Rockets, in their infinite wisdom, signed this complete menace to society to a $90 million contract. That's what we do in the NBA. Hey, He can make a basket. So guess what? Uh, uh, Let's sign him. Kaiseri Gondrazak. Well, Kaiseri, you're no prize either. I mean, if you're going to date this idiot, at least know who he is. At least know what he's about. But I guess that's just America. I guess that's just what we do. All right? I'm telling you, it's always the same idiots. It started with Steve Howe back in the day. Look up Steve Howe back in like 1990 or 80s. Steve Howe kept getting suspended and suspended and suspended. Modern day, Pac-Man Jones. Modern day, Kevin Porter Jr. It's the world we live in. And I'm not happy about it. Give me, come on, bring out all the names. Bring them all out. Give me all the ists. But I'm just telling you, I am. I'm just telling you, that's what we do. All right, let's go back to the top of the show, shall we? 
top of the show, Aaron Rodgers, out, out as the quarterback of the New York football Jets. Torn Achilles. Here's the deal with a torn Achilles. Torn Achilles is a weird injury. You feel like somebody shot you in the heel. I'm standing behind an assistant coach named Ron Felling. He's standing over to my right. He takes a bad step, turns around, he goes, Dan, why'd you kick me? I go, Ron, I'm standing right here. Torn Achilles. Surgery. It rolled up. A ball. My brother, playing in the Jewish Lawyers League, true story, at the Jewish Community Center that everybody in Indianapolis knows has the funniest basketball games. My brother said, Dan, I'm chasing a guy off a screen at like 40 years old, 45, tears his Achilles, terrible injury. Look, Aaron Rodgers, playing foots, bad step, terrible injury. So now he is going to have to have surgery. It rolls down. I I could take off my pants if you would like, and I could show you my thigh muscle that disconnected at the knee and is rolled up. It's really odd. I did it doing P90X. But anyway, so that's what Aaron Rodgers had. So now the question becomes, who is going to quarterback, or at least backup quarterback, the New York football Giants? Jets. I would say you got to make a call to Tom Brady. Just have him there. See if he wants to play. I would say do not make a call to Ben Roethlisberger. Certainly don't make a call to Phillip Rivers or Colin Kaepernick. None of that. But hey, you already saw the revi- – here's why I say Brady. You already saw the residual effect of having a superstar come into that team. The entire team was galvanized. Back in the day when the Colts were looking to replace the birthday boy today, the quitter, the $24 million, I don't know why I gave him this money, Andrew Luck, I said you got to bring in Brady. Why? Because everybody in the organization stands up a little taller. Everybody does their job a little bit better. Everybody is a bit in awe and wants to live up to the standard of the GOAT. You saw it if you watched Hard Knocks. The reverence everybody had for Aaron Rodgers, from rookies to veterans, from equipment guys to coaches. You want that in your organization. You want somebody that we all have to live up to. If you raise the bar for people, they will meet it. If you lower the bar for people, they will meet it. So that's what I do if I'm the Jets. I have confidence, at least I do. I'm not there every day. But what I watched, what I saw out of Zach Wilson, I liked. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I did. I thought he was terrific. He throws the ball. He's got a cannon, and it seems like he throws an okay ball too hard at some times, and it seems like he can move. But that's what I would do. I talked about Pac-Man Jones earlier. Pac-Man Jones gets arrested on a plane on 9-11. You can't make up this level of stupid. I got some guys saying, well, Pac-Man went to West Virginia. That's why you don't like him. No, I don't like him because he's a menace. He seems like a fun, smart guy, but he's an idiot. It's, 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 you know, it's those two worlds. So let's hear from Pac-Man because, of course, Pac-Man Jones is being wronged here. How could we wrong Pac-Man Jones? Let's hear, let's hear both of them from Pac-Man Jones, both videos. 
Everybody sleep. I'm on the land. You smell me. Dude just asked me right here. Where am I to the Bengals? Where am I? You go throw the ball 190 times per game and don't put Joe up under the center. Guess what? Everybody in the stadium know what we're doing. Don't take a I can sign this business out. Jesus Christ. I bought the two seats because I'm going somewhere. And so she's like, well, if you want to move, we got to turn around the plane. I'm like, I want you to turn around the plane, but I want to I want to use the plug because I bought two seats. Turn around the plane. We'll get the body camera. So they called me off the plane. Don't say nothing wrong. They locked me up, and here we are now. They said you're charged with terroristic threat, making yeah, terroristic just, threats. But report the facts. Well, that's why we report the facts and stop reporting the. Uh, when I read, he's charged with terrorist attacks. God dang! You know, I always said this: it's okay to be stupid. I'm stupid, but I'm not arrogant. And I always said the hardest combination to overcome for human beings is being stupid and being arrogant. I'm dumb. I know I'm dumb, so I try to overcome being dumb. But if I was dumb and arrogant, I wouldn't try to overcome being dumb. That is Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man Jones is arrogant and he's stupid. So Pac-Man Jones can't get out of his own way. Because when you're arrogant and you're stupid, you don't learn a lesson from your stupidity. I'm just saying. Call me whatever you'd like. But doesn't that make sense? If you're arrogant and you're smart, all right. Things may work out for you, but stupid and arrogant, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it just ain't going to happen. Uh, Mel Tugger is calling a meeting with Michigan State officials a sham. He calls it ridiculously flawed. Now, he doesn't say what is ridiculously flawed. He says that he developed an intimate relationship with some sexual assault advocate named Brenda Tracy. Brenda Tracy being a sexual assault advocate and telling young men and women how to handle uncomfortable situations didn't even think about hanging up a phone when, of course, Mel Tugger was tugging, when he was going all Jeffrey Tubin. She didn't even think about it. So I'm not buying that woman. And also, she also sent happy Father's Day wishes to Mel Tugger. I'm not buying that woman. She also developed a, quote, intimate personal affair and talked about having to work out to get naked with a married man. Mel Tugger, all the while making her business off of being above all of it. Set the standard, she cries. Set the expectation, she cries. She is accusing it of Darvo. Deny, attack, and reverse victim and offender. Yeah, I don't know. She is saying this is more of the same Darvo deflection, victim blaming and lies that I've been dealing with now for months. Coach Tucker has been delaying and trying to stop the investigative process since the beginning. He can't afford to go to a hearing that determines credibility of the participating parties. Well, yeah, but your credibility ain't great. I'm sorry. You can make it all up. You can use acronyms. You can use Darvo. Again, I go to my sister, a 25-year domestic violence prosecutor. Don't believe either side. When you're a prosecutor, you get to the facts. And I've told this story many times about the young lady, the young white lady, 
that came into her office with her daddy crying and sobbing that she had been assaulted by an African-American IU football player. My sister had reached out to the IU football player. This is involving investigation. The IU football player had, make whatever you want out of this, filmed the sexual encounter. The young lady said this was rape. The, my, my sister had the film. My sister asked a young lady, asked her father to leave the room. My sister then showed the videotape of the sexual encounter to the young lady where she happily enjoyed the sex with the African-American football player. The young lady, knowing her daddy, still stuck in 1960, would be upset with her having sex with an African-American, started crying even harder. My sister said, are we done here or would you like me to bring your father in to look at this tape and then we'll be done? The girl slinked out. So don't always believe the victim and don't always believe the criminal. Don't believe either. Get to the facts. Get to the truth. I don't know what's behind this. I don't. I don't. No idea. But I do know this. Harlan Bennett, the secondary coach, is the new head coach. And Mark D'Antonio has returned to the program as associate coach. Now, you ask why Harlan Bennett was made? I don't know the reason Harlan Bennett was made the head coach. I got to guess. I got a guess, but I'm not going to say my guess. I'll let you figure it out. But that's the way the world works. That is exactly how the world works. You don't believe either. You don't say acronyms like DARVO. And if you are such an advocate, you don't get involved with a married man. And if you are Mel Tucker, you don't go crazy and beat it on the phone with somebody that isn't your wife and somebody that you, by giving $10,000 to, employed. They both deserve a special hell in humiliation. All right, let me go. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. I need me some woke adopey. Give me woke adope, will you, please? Will you, will you, huh? Will you? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm Joe Biden, and I forgot this message. That's pretty good. And you know what? Look at that. That's a perfect picture, too. It would have been too easy if you'd have just used one of those pictures. Well, he, uh-uh. That would have been too easy. That's a great picture. Look at our guys. Ryan, you're on it today. Dylan, Nick, Nick, too. You guys are on it. I'm Joe Biden. And I forgot this message. <laughs> Floridians, I understand the pain a hurricane causes. Once my kitchen fan was turned to full blast and all the classified documents were blown out of order. Oh, my God, that's so good. Our imbecile in chief. Our imbecile in chief. I know what it's like. All of my classified documents were blown out of order. Who can believe it? Seriously, we literally sit here every day and just let this idiot lie. And the car, uh, Nicole Arbaugh 
has the audacity to get mad at another writer for saying or not telling the whole truth. Man. Man, oh man. What's next? I'm going to send a head of firmer. What's her name? Down here to put out the fire. Or was that someplace else? <laughs> oh, man. God bless Joe Biden. There is a special place in hell for Joe Biden. There really is. There, there is. There's a special place in hell for him. You know, there has to be. Let's be honest. Joe Biden, you cannot sit up there and lie as often as this guy does about religion, about upbringing, about churches, about where he was, what he did, who he did it to. Have affairs and end up marrying the woman. You just can't do this and end up anywhere other than a special place in hell. And that's what I'm holding on to. Look, I'm no saint. I'm not. I'm no saint at all. But I got to tell you, I don't get up in front of people and lie like it's my job. I don't. What is this? What is this? I don't understand. Did I miss something? Please help me. Oh, but I like it. You can put this on anytime. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Our tech, our, our ladies and gentlemen, do you think, will you, will you get the jab? Will you get the jab when it comes out? Now, we're all going to be asked to get the jab. Will you listen to my friend Greg Doyle? who says that everybody that doesn't get the jab is killing each other, that sending his son to Purdue is like sending him to Vietnam. That's the level of media here in Indy. Will you do that? Will you get the jab? I don't know. I know one thing. I will not. There is not a chance in holy hell that I will get the jab. I don't care what George Takai says. I don't care what anybody says. I care that it is, ladies and gentlemen, safe. That's what I care. The attorney general says this of Florida. It's truly irresponsible for the FDA, the CDC, and others to be championing something when we don't know the implications. That's what he is talking about. He is talking about getting the vaccine. And people will crush him. They will call him killer. They will call him all the names that they normally call. You know what I'm saying? They will. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, they don't know shit. They just don't. Any writer you read about, Greg Doyle got mad at everybody, told Carson Wentz to go on back. I'll drive you to the airport. Bad teammate. because He's a bad teammate because he talked about himself all the time, but not because he didn't get vaxxed. I've told you forever, smartest guy I know, smartest doctor I know, has all these different degrees and everything cardiologists said, look, to his family, particularly the nieces, his nieces and nephews, he's not married. He's going to get married, but he's not married. Said, I wouldn't get it if I were you. We don't know enough. You're writer. You're crazy person. Live look at the U.S. Senate. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't see that. I swear to God, Dianne Feinstein's face is going to fall off. It's going to freeze. It's, it needs ironed. Nancy Pelosi, she's just trying to make as much money as she can and stay out of her husband's gay, or never mind, never mind, never mind, happiness. Stay uh, as, as happiness. 
I used as, as happy. <laughs> and of course, all these other clowns are just trying to fleece us. Oh, what a good show today. God dang, how is this show not the greatest show in the history of the world? Thanks to Nick, Nick too. Ryan, you're on it today. Dylan, thank you. Of course, Katie and Haley, awesome job. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Nan, just. <laughs> hey, Nancy, will you iron your face? And she's not even the worst. Get a picture of Diane Feinstein, Feinstein. Holy hell. How about Mitch? McConnell. <laughs> Make him go away. Make him go away, please. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, uh, Gary. Thanks, Clay, for letting us do this. There he is. There she is. Hey, look. You can keep him coming. I'll stay here. I got nowhere to be. I got a 1230. Supposed to play golf at the Brickyard today. 1240 uh, with some friends of mine. I'm going to take about 17 paid meds and fall asleep plumb bobbing. Have a great afternoon, everybody.